Hello, everybody. This is Ring the Bell Radio, a wrestling podcast. JD here. As always, King Logan is in his box. Yes. Yes, I am. And hello once again to my loyal, loving, and amazingly beautiful fans. How do you know they're loyal to you and they love you? Because it's me, dude. And mic drop. You think they just come on just for you all the time? Yeah. If I'm not here, all right, we'll we'll do a test. I won't be on the show one day, and you put out saying, oh, this week, King Logan's on vacation, not getting on the show. And the ratings will skyrocket. The week after, I'll be back, and everyone will be there. Yeah. All right? Well, we'll let you think that, that they come to see you. I will. You know, yeah. I will think that. But it's just uh, the truth. But uh, we got some news for our audience. Don't we? Maybe. We have special news. We have special news. Yeah. Making his return to Ring the Bell Radio. What? What? What now? You you just interrupted me again. Listen. Can I say anything? Listen, the Price is Right announcer guy. Get away from the microphone. And let me show you how we really do this. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen up, people. It's a night. You're going to see the head of the bagel, the rabbi chief, acknowledge his two rabbis, rabbi, rabbis. I couldn't have been done any better. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That was pretty good. Well, th- no, no, thank you. So, Barris is thank back. Thank you. It's, gr- it's great to be back. Yes. About time. Yeah. I was like, on a uh, rabby retreat. Like, dude, we were getting worried because Mania is coming up soon. <laughs> Yo, I know. And you usually you tell us when you're not going to be around. Well, I would say 60% of the time you tell us when you're not going to be around. But you always pop up like like the next day or a couple days uh, randomly, later. Randomly, yeah. Randomly. You but get this, phone this... call at like four in the morning. Hey, guys, I'm home. Where were you? Vegas. What? <laughs> when did you go to Vegas? After Hawaii. What the f- do you mean Hawaii? <laughs> those, those are some fun. Those are fun two days right there. Let me tell you. We we were walking around here, Barris, uh, the, the last show, and we were like, "Where is Rabbi Barris? We have to find him." So we went like knocking on every door. Uh, there was here in the building, not just not just on our floor, but in the building. You know, so just just picture it kind of like the American Dream, walking around looking for Sapphire. Remember that? So it was like looking for Barris. We yep. Where? Let me tell you something, baby. Where is Rabbi Barris? Logan, have you seen him? No. Yes. Maybe. You go knock up to a, on a door. 
Hello, Rabbi Barris, are you in there? We know you're somewhere here. <laughs> you know, you know what the great thing is? If you, like, took that voice down an octave yeah. and, like, sped it up slightly, you would be the water boy. What do you mean I'm the water boy oh, there? Yeah. You know, you know there, baby. No, I don't you sound like his dad oh, when, yeah. like, at the uh, end, he's like, we could be in the NFL. <laughs> you could be in the NFL there, you know. Now, let me tell Can you he ride up now. on, like, a lawnmower? Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. Wasn't that Winkler? Yeah. No. Oh, no, his dad wasn't Winkler. No, he was, he was the was coach. coach. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Fonzie was the coach. That's right. Yeah. Funny, actually. Out totally yeah. off subject, but I watched Happy Days the other day. Happy Days? So did I. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I watched an episode. Yeah, I watched an episode. Yeah, my one was Richie had a motorbike and he was recklessly riding it and he was in the hospital. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, was this during the happy days when Fonzie got magical powers all of a sudden where he'd snap his fingers and the jukebox would turn on and like a door would open? <laughs> or was this still Fonzie being cool? Um, Fonzie um, didn't have magical powers. Yeah, he did. He walked to the jukebox and hit it. No, he didn't click his fingers, he hit it. There was he a only point. clicked his fingers when it was a romantic scene. I was gonna say, yeah. there, there was a point though where all of a sudden he'd be someone would go, Fonzie, we want to have some music and we don't have a, a nickel, and he would uh, just go. I want to know why you why you downing on the Fonz. I'm not downing on the Fonz. Yeah, it just sounds like you <laughs> didn't like it when the they gave him magical powers. Fonzie's cool. Fonzie, you know, hey, kiss my ass, everybody. You know. I mean, honestly, though, anyway. as a young rabbi, I tried to do that at Pizza Hut, and I got kicked out for kicking the jukebox machine. <laughs> you know, there was something when we went to Pizza Hut down in, down in uh, for those of you in the, in the Pittsburgh area, down in North Huntington, Irwin area. When I was a kid, there was this jukebox in there. And one of one of the things that every time we would go to this Pizza Hut, Somebody from our family always had to play Kokomo by the Beach Boys. <laughs> I, still re- I still remember it to this day. It was D29. Wow. Buda, yep. Bahama, come on, pretty mama, too. Key Largo, Montego. Chico. Wait a minute. What are you doing singing without me? <laughs> Aruba, Jamaica. <laughs> I'm not gonna take you. I'm going by myself. And if you don't like it, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Vince. He, he should have sang on the Pat McAfee show. It was great. Uh, oh, no, anyway, anyway, before we get into the wrestling here, it's it's the the great thing was is sometimes my my brother would go over, and it was either my brother or my dad. I don't remember that they would go over and put like <laughs> five, like like three four dollars worth of plays in this jukebox and they would select just to be who they were every selection would be kokomo <laughs> so we would, hear kokomo. Uh... we would hear kokomo like eight times in a row i know other people had to be sitting in there going i mean it wasn't loud it was just like ambiance background music you know for when but you wanted to play the but jukebox. now you know all the words perfectly <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? It was probably bl- it was probably blasting in the back, like where yeah, they're washing dishes and stuff. And they're like, "What the hell? This is like the ninth time we heard yeah. this." I swear, the whole time we were in there for supper, once my dad goes up and he comes back, just with a smile on his face, and the whole time we were eating there, eating pizza and hanging out, all you heard was Kokomo on like continuous re- like repeat. <laughs> anyway, that's probably why they took the jukeboxes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a poor well, now they're all internet based. You can find out any song you want, you know. There's a poor old uh... couple in the corner who are right underneath the speaker, and, yeah. And, and the guy's like, I just want to die, please. You know, the last time I was in that one was about uh, it was right before COVID happened. Um, we walked in there to get some pizza, and that was the first time I was in that one in de- like probably a decade and a half, and um. Uh, it, even though it doesn't work anymore, it's just there more for a showpiece. That jukebox is still there in the yeah, same place that when I was a little wall, kid. Isn't it? No, this was this. No, the big jukeboxes. Those were those ones that looked like p- pianas. Oh, you know, okay. like it's it was a floor model. Now, now they're small enough. They mount them to the wall because it's all tap and you, they search the song off the internet now. You know, this is for when they actually had to have the CD or the record in the jukebox to play it. You know, so this yeah. thing looked like a big, uh, and I shouldn't say a piano. It looked like a big armoire. You know, that's how they were. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you watch Happy Days. Juice box. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. it's still there. not have CDs in it, mate. When you got to the late 80s, early 90s, they had CDs in them. Yep. Early 90s. Late 80s would have been laser discs. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk I actually about- played that song Shut DJing, too. <laughs> and it, it, where, I, where i where i dj i've played that before too and i get some looks for that one so as, as i just said on pat McAfee's show about michael cole airy something that also has to do with you logan you're such a horrible human being wow can we talk wrestling now yeah we are no. i just was i was being vince mcmahon anyway. oh that's that's what it was okay no he was just insulting king logan i was insulting yeah. king logan as Vince, no, Vince McMahon did it. I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway, that he's a um, horrible person. So wrestling, about wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. So this was about a month or so ago, or was it around Christmas time? Something around there. We had a, uh, um, a fan email Mitch. us. Was it Mitch? Mitch? Was it Mitch? Mitch or it Mike? No, Mitch, Mitch or Mike. Hold on. We'll I have think to listen. Was... Look, he didn't do any research. Didn't even note it down. Didn't go through. Well, the I knew it. I knew it a shows. while ago. You know, I'm looking it up right now. Mitch. Okay, it was Mitch. Mitch. Well, I was yeah. right. You were right, Mitch. All so he, he requested that we went shush. He requested that we... He uh, went shush? He went shush. He requested that we do a review of WrestleMania 14. So, all I'm going to say is, um, I'll run through the match card here, like we normally do. Um, and then we can... Uh, uh, talk about it as we normally do. <laughs> There's a process for you. Uh, Jesus so, okay. Christ. WrestleMania 14 happened uh, March 29th, 1998, from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston? Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Say hello to Norm while you're up there. Um, so, I'm going to run through here uh, the card. And uh, there's something I want to point out after I run through the card that I think I mentioned to Logan as we were viewing this. But it opens up with a tag team battle royal to uh, determine who the number one team contender would be for the tag team championships. Right, Logan? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you had uh, I'll run through the teams here real quick. So you had a tag team battle royal. You had Savio Vega and Miguel Perez, which I think they were Los Bariquas, or they Jesus might have not. Christ, been we'll be here for an hour. Oh shut there, up! Truth the, Commission, the Bradshaw. big dude in the, f- the dungarees, 
All right, the new tag team and Legion of Doom. You well, don't hold on, no. Let me let me read through else. this. Yeah, Vega and Perez, the Truth Commission, Bradshaw, Bradshaw and Chains, Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown, Quebecers, Rock and Roll Express, Baruch and Kama, uh, Jose Estrada and Jesus Castillo, the Headbangers, Too Cool, but they weren't too cool yet, the Disciples of Apocalypse, God Wins, and the New Midnight Express. Then you had the Light Heavyweight Championship, which was champion Doc Taka Michinoku versus Agula. The European Championship, which is Logan's favorite championship, mm. Triple H with China versus Owen Hart. Then you have a uh, another match, which is Logan's favorite style of match, mixed tag team match. Oh, it was amazing. It's Mark Merrow and Sable, <laughs> marvelous Mark Merrow and Sable versus the artist formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon. Uh, IC Championship was The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. A dumpster match for the Tag Team Championship. It was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws. The Undertaker versus Kane. Oh, yeah. And then four, the WWF, uh, WWE Championship was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels with Mike Tyson as the special ring enforcer. So there's your match card for WrestleMania 14. First thing I want to say is when we sat down and put this on, I think I told Logan, this is the first time I'm watching this since the night it happened. Oh, wow. Um, yes, I have and, not and, watched it. Yeah. And I told JD it was the first time I was watching it ever because I yeah. have not seen full time. Oh, geez. Yeah. So for me, I re like I remembered I I, I I remember on Raw way back when when it was gonna happen. Like obviously I knew that was the one that Tyson was involved. I knew Stone Cold Steve Austin won, you know. Um and obviously, I knew The Undertaker won because, you know, the streak was happening. But as far as the other matches, I'm like, I didn't remember what happened in the matches, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the one thing I want to bring up is, as we're sitting there at Logan's house, he brings it up on the network. We see the runtime. And I went, oh, my God, this is fabulous. We're going to watch a WrestleMania that's not 19 and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it was under what? It was under three hours. It was like yeah. two hours and 40 minutes, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So there we are. That was my little, I mean, I mean, I thought it was great because it didn't have the pomp and cert. I mean, they, they were still doing sort of like the old school um, entrance. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just a curtain. They had what, like a girder set set around it. Right with like lights and everything yeah, and, and, and shit like that, yeah, shit like that. And um, but I just the one thing I liked about it is, and then we'll get into the matches. Is did you notice they'd have a match? the The announcers or the commentators would say something. There would be like a forty second promo to bring you up the speed for the next match, which that's all you needed because we were going into this match going, look at that, we saw something that wasn't even a minute long. We know the story now. We know why they're fighting. The match would happen. Boom, right to the next one. There wasn't this freaking 25 minutes of promos and commercials. Now, and those are like movie studio quality, like but, get you like hey, up to speed on what's going yeah. on. So you're ready to watch it. And I it mean, wasn't like a bunch of like, you know, a bunch of like filler. It was literally telling you everything you needed to know yeah. to go into it, Unlike whether you knew know. it or not. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I liked the vignettes. I just, 
you know me i love per pomp and circumstance i know i want all of that so just a girder with wrestlemania flashing on top of it don't do it for me i i need a beat back video i need fireworks going off i need hands coming out of hell trying to grab your ankles that is an intro okay well, half of the match is the intro well right? let me tell you this Boom. 10 years hence 10 years prior to that you wouldn't even have had that girder set and barris knows this all you literally would have had was a curtain and a wwf symbol above the curtain no, yeah, then they it. moved on to the Titantron, the first evolution of no, the Titantron. I'm, I'm talking was about four TVs. No, I'm talking about ten year. I'm talking like 1988. There wasn't even that. It was just a curtain, a spotlight on the curtain, yeah. and WF above. Wait, wait. When we reviewed Mr. Perfect versus was it Doink or something? Yeah, that would have been early 90s. That would have been like 92, okay, 93. That, they had the Titantron then. They, it was that little t TV wall. Yes, they it was did. a TV yeah. wall. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. Talking... So you've got it in the basement. Go dig it up, whack yeah. it up there, and just show something on it. All right? But what I was I talking you... about was like WrestleMania 2, 3, 4, nah, 5, yeah, Obviously, six. because the technology wasn't around then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so, but you know, um, Vince has always been an early adopter to new like media technology. You know, um WWE was one of the first companies to go HD, you know. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that those kind yeah. of things. He's an early adopter of those things. As much as you dislike it, JD, the Titan Tron is a, is a big part of it now. Oh no, I get that. Yeah. It's just I'm I'm old school though. But yeah. Oh, this was the WrestleMania where Nash was over in WCW. And that Monday, him and Kevin Sullivan were talking. Yes. At, uh, you know, getting coffee and everything. And he goes, you watch the show last night? And he's like, yep. And he goes, yep. We're like the Titanic right now. We're taking in water. Do you hear the violin playing? Oh, they, they knew they just screwed. killed us. Yep. They knew it right they out because of how right well this was put together. Like every single match, they're like, "Nope, yeah. we're done." Yeah. So, I want to say something. It was just it, it, this WrestleMania. I I don't know how to explain it, but I mentioned this to Logan. It, it just it had it felt like WrestleMania, but it had just it had its own feel to it. Like yeah. it felt. It's not like when we, the last couple years we were watching WrestleMania. It was just like, all right, it 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 feels like we're just watching a wrestling show with the name WrestleMania on it. It did, like exactly. That's how I felt that it was an extended, like pay per view in like the early nineties that just had WrestleMania slapped on it. But you it mean was like just now, like a, like a monthly pay per view thing? Yeah, you know, it wasn't. You talking yeah. about the WrestleManias now? No, I'm talking about the WrestleMania that we just watched reminded me yeah, of like I'm a Survivor about. Series or yeah, something like yeah. that. All right, back in the 90s. But nowadays, oh. fucking WrestleMania is a joke. So, you know. Yeah, but this one just, I mean, it just had a, it had it, a different, had a different feel, feel. It did. I enjoyed it. Did. It was quick. I like that. That's as well. what I liked about and, it. Yeah. And, and what yep. you guys were saying about the little vignette things was spot on. The end of yeah. that 40 seconds, yeah. I knew who the bad guy was. I knew who the good guy was. I knew what the bad guy was going to abuse on the good guy. You know, 
Easy peasy. I loved it. It was great storytelling. And that came across in the ring as well, especially the Shawn Michaels-Austin match. I mean, that, we'll get to that later. But um, th- let's go on with the matches, boys. Let's, let's, yeah. let's roll so, this quick. So the first, the first tag team battle royal, uh, I'm not going to name all the uh, the teams again, but you had a surprise team entrant. Um, it was the, yeah, I guess they were promoing that there was a, a mystery team that was coming in, and it was the return and new and improved Legion of Doom 2000 with Sonny as their manager. So you knew from the first eight seconds they were going to win. Oh, you know, yeah. That was the end of the story. Yeah. So yeah. It, it basically made me disinterested in the match. Really? Well, yeah. you weren't you weren't disinterested in Sonny, I can tell you that. That's what I was oh, more no. interested in. Like I said, you be? I was disinterested in the match, the match. <laughs> not what we were watching. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. outside Sonny's, the ring. Sonny's uh outfit was quite provocative. Very I uh, tell you. what outfit? <laughs> there was there was there was some there was some there was uh some grass and plastic hanging on her. That's all. <laughs> That's, That's perfectly like. fine by my standards. Thumbs up. It was the most erotic thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Ooh, we haven't heard that in a while. Okay. That's that's a minute right there. Um but no, that's the sunny of then, not so much the sunny of now. Well but um uh but though there I mean we don't have to spend too much time on that match. It was basically, yeah. you know, it's it's the it rules big, of the matches were a, Yeah, you have a bunch of Legion Legion of Death. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. Each team was in there, and if one person of the team got eliminated the whole team had to leave. The other person had to leave. And that was a thing. And there was one person that I noticed uh, in the new Midnight Express. And I went, do you know who those two people are, Logan? And uh, Barris, don't answer. But do you know who the new Midnight Express, who the members were? I'm shaking because I want to say it. Okay, 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 okay. So I look at at Logan. Yeah, I look at Logan and I go, do you know who those are? And he went, no. And I went, that's Bart Gunn. And hardcore Holly before he was hardcore Holly. And he had that long blonde hair. And he, he looks at me and goes, No shit. <laughs> no, like not no shit. Like I knew that. And he's like, No shit. No like, shit. What? Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, nope. That was bodacious Bart and bombastic Bob. Bombastic and I cried when they Bob. that's the one I, I cried remember. when they said those names. Because remember, I kept saying Bodacious Bart, and I'm like, I don't remember what Bob's was. Bob Holly was. It was Bombastic Bob, the new Midnight Express. Okay, so anyway, Legion of Doom wins that. Not yeah, so much cheers, of um, yeah. the, the match itself. I mean, yeah, it, it's nothing to write home about. Uh, it's nothing that you're going to go, oh, I have to watch WrestleMania 14 to watch this first match. But anyway. so Well, Sonny made that. So, Sonny yeah. made the match. So the next so match. Thank you, Sonny. Thank you, Sonny. So the next match was the Light Heavyweight Championship, which um, I totally forgot about who the light heavyweight champion was. Like, as soon as I saw him, I went, wow, that's a name and a wrestler I haven't seen in years. It was Taka Michinoku, who was the champ, versus uh, Agula. 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 And um, I think like Logan Dracula. was quite impressed with this match, actually. Okay, so the match had some high-flying wrestling gymnastic shit going on there was some crazy stuff um i highly recommend it just to watch this match just for the technical ability of these two guys when they're bouncing off ropes and i mean literally 
using the ropes as like bungee bounces. It was incredible. I cannot stress how good of an athlete these guys were. I can stress, however, how bad of a wrestler Aguilar is. Because he had not... he had his moments, but yeah, I mean the guy beautiful when he's in the air, beautiful doing high maneuver stunts, backflips. You've got moon salts. You've got bouncing off the ropes, double flipping some sort of ice skating move in the air, land on someone's <laughs> head. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. It was impressive. It was. But when it got down to in the ring wrestling, no. Because the guy literally slapped like your mother was slapping your dad on the back after your dad realized that he'd just been searching for the keys for 10 minutes and they were actually in his hey, pocket the whole time. All right. It, I'm, I'm it was up. so bad. There was I'm, no connect whatsoever. I'm walking over to Barris right now. Barris, this is how these slaps. Yeah, what's it? All right. You, you over there, Barris? Yeah, okay. I'm here. This is how these slaps were. You ready? Yeah. Like you, like, <clears throat> like you didn't even feel that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's how he was, was slapping like, Takamichin Ocho. Even the kicking, like on the ground. Takamoko's is it Takamoko? Taka Michinoku. Taka. Taka. Taka obviously was the better wrestler out of the two. Excuse he me. knew he knew how to do his in-ring stuff, okay? But Aguilar, like there was this part he Taka was on the floor, and Aguilar's meant to be kicking him in the stomach. You blatantly saw that he literally just swung his heel back and tapped the, like the boot didn't even make contact yeah there was some rough points there it was really yeah. bad but my god as two acrobatic like technical high-flying wrestlers yeah it's good all right barris yeah talk of michinoku's finishing move scott steiner used to do it a lot not the frankensteiner not the steiner recliner but the screwdriver pile driver or something what it was called yeah yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like he would, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was Taka Michinoku's um, finishing move. I just wanted to get the name of it correctly because if you could have seen the look on uh, Logan's face when that happened, but no, it's uh, like a screwdriver, pile driver. Like they pick them up. Yeah. Like, and, a, like, a, like a straight suplex. And then they just straight drop. Yeah. And he drops into it yeah. like almost like a tombstone but, power bomb. But it's almost like he's going to sit in a chair. Yeah. And then yes. they just hit the yeah. Highly recommend the I match believe. as well, just to see that because it was so well executed. We had to rewind it like twice to watch it again. It was amazingly done. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him do that live, and I want to say it was at King of the Ring '98. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah. And then he was he was a member of the Blue World Order. Um their um, international group because he was on the first uh, ECW pay-per-view as well. Aka? And yeah, yeah. If you go back and watch it, he was well, he was on the first ECW pay-per-view. See, I'm trying to look up uh, what the actual. I'm going to the Google machine. I'm trying to see what the actual name of it was. Um. Uh, see, it's just not saying it. It's just coming up with like Taka Mikanochu. 
the Mikanochu. See, they're coming up with the name. It was called the Mikanochu Driver, but there's an actual name for yeah. it. But anyway, um, it was it was a good match. It was a good match from the the bad bad wrestling points. It now, was bad. this this next match, the European Championship, uh, Triple H uh, with China in the corner. This was a good one. Well, you could say it was a good. I was hoping it, this was going to be a good one because what did I say to you, Logan? I went, ooh, Triple H and Owen. This is going to be a good match. They did do some good technical wrestling in it. Okay. But I was disappointed because it just seemed like the match was slow. Oh, God. Like, yeah. really slow. That I, I wasn't disappointed on what they did but I was disappointed on how slow the match went. It like seemed like it's, it's almost like they both seemed off a little. Yeah. I think what it was honestly is, you know, before, before the whole degeneration X thing, you know, triple H had been working well with China. Okay. Leading up to it and everything. And he could kind of trust China by herself outside the ring to do what was supposed to be done. Okay. But I think what it was is he was really nervous when the whole gimmick of this match was pretty much China wasn't allowed to interfere. So they handcuffed her to Sergeant Slaughter. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you know, Sergeant Slaughter, WWF legend gold, you know, he was the commissioner at the time. He was, yeah. Or he was the shit right then. Yeah. You know, and now China's involved in a skit with him that Triple H can't get involved in. So I think he was kind of half pooping himself in the match, thinking well, that something might go wrong. Uh, you know, because there was a big deal at the time. He was he was getting this push. You know, he was he was getting good with McMahon roll up. He was getting good airtime. Last thing he wants to do is be associated with somebody who's going to end up, I don't know, stabbing the commissioner in the eye by accident or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I or I don't know if the two guys hadn't like got in the ring and said, "Okay, let's, let's have grapple. Let's have a, how do we? How much do you weigh? See if I can lift you." I think there wasn't pressure that it felt a lot of the moves when they were done, they were done with extra care because it was like they didn't know if they could do that move. They didn't know if they could, you know, pick that guy up. It just seemed there was an element of caution to everything that was done in the match, which for me made it really, really slow and boring. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I could tell you want to say uh, something. Tri- Triple H was just coming off an injury, too. He had, um, oh, there you go. I don't know if it was a knee or a leg, but he was walking around on crutches for a while before that. Um, cause the, uh, one promo, one where he had, um, I think, was, I think the apron says like suck the cook or something like that. And he was making fun of Owen. He was, he was, he had been on crutches for months wow. before that. So I well, think that, that's that, what that, they were that doing. That perfectly with. explains the match. Okay. It was a great technical match, but it was like being extra careful. An element of course. Yeah. That, that's, that's yeah. it. Because I, I was impressed on what they were doing. It was just. Slow. slow right well yeah. that makes yeah. up for that match i was okay. still give that it was a great match to watch it was. i was, it was watch it it's a good match yeah. 
I mean, so, yeah, so was, far. That was when I was looking forward to when that was actually going on. Yeah. And what anything with Owen, you're, you're, you're going to have a show, you know? Oh yeah. Um, so we are one, two, three. That was the third match in. And this is the point where I was still going myself personally. You know what? I'm enjoying this WrestleMania. Yeah. Being the first time I've seen it since 98. I'm enjoying it because the pay-per-view yeah. itself is moving at a nice pace. And you figure you're only a half an hour into re- like actual wrestling time at that point too. Yes. Just a little bit under yes. uh, and 27 I'm not, minutes at that point. And, and you know, the other thing that was in the back of my mind, it was going, Oh shit. We, we still have another, <laughs> we're an hour and a half in and we've seen two matches. We still got another uh, 22 and a half hours <laughs> of WrestleMania to go. Yeah. You know, and geez, okay. anyway. night one. Yeah. 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 Don't get me started on that. That's another Next show. Next is going to be like day one, and literally it's going to run for 24 hours. We're going to have, have a WrestleMania week. Yeah. Each night there's going to be yeah. WrestleMania. Every eight hours, a new set of wrestlers wakes up and takes you know <laughs> part in their matches. <laughs> they rotate out for a week. It's called WrestleMania week all along. You're just yeah. giving them ideas. Stop. <laughs> I sent Vince a letter Uh-oh. with my suggestion of WrestleMania oh, no. World. A theme you park. Know, theme, theme park with wrestlers. Uh, we can charge people a thousand dollars a day. Just a thousand dollars just to walk in the door. And then yeah. they gotta buy tickets to ride. And then the NXT, which they completely fed up right now. Yeah. They, they take yes. all those wrestlers yep. and they they work in the theme park. As like the wrestling event of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the anniversary of it open, they have like a roar there. I think we should do Barris Land. Oh my That'd god. That'd be awesome. You know, you walk in, it's just it's just things about the rabbis everywhere. You could actually view his rabbi awards and then for a for get a small pictures fee, with them. Get pictures with them and then for a small fee, like you know how like the honky tonk man went on the road and just told stories and I mean, he wasn't a comedian. He would just get up there and tell stories, and people thought it was awesome. The rabbis can do that like three times a day. He'll go up and you know you can go to the one theater and and Rabbi and Barris were Barris Land and hear him just talk about his time on yeah. the road. Yeah, Rabbi Q Land. A's. Q and A. Uh, Rabbi Land. He could be a Q well, and A with the rabbis. You're bloody lucky because when I laid out the plans for WWX land, oh, God. Right, there was apparently all <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait like, a minute. A, a well, that's that's what the park can turn into at night. At night. Well, I was looking you can go from Rabbi Land to <laughs> WWX land. Family uh-huh. angle here, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Wait a minute. That just reminded me. You said WWX. This is the point where if you have youngins listen, please like fast forward the show for a minute. Um, we haven't said anything that bad yet. Here, but there was a list of band moves that came up during WrestleMania 14. One of them was the wait, <laughs> Logan's. Wait, Logan, wait. Oh, do you have a Logan? Okay. Yes, I okay. do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Get ready for this, Rabbis. You might first, have to go get cleansed. First, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right, here we go. The first wrong, the first move that is banned <laughs> in WWX is oral wrongness. <laughs> <laughs> 
The second move, banned by WWX, is the provocative position. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was that, and, was that Mandy the, Rose's new finisher? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. And the last one was banned because it causes extreme injury to the penal area. The jaw jacker. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing I just said there came out of JR's mouth. Yes. Every wow. one. It did. All right. And again, I have. All right, hold on. If you're just back here from fast forwarding through the horrible section, all right. Excuse me. That the combination of JR and and King cannot be beat. It cannot. The two work so perfectly together. The oh. commentary from JR was perfect, as always, spot on. Just over the top zealotry. Sometimes it was amazing, and like you, you, I just read those things out, okay, and, and they're funny. But when Jr. says them, he means them, and yeah. that's the great thing. We got that jaw jacker going on there, you know. Oh, he's giving some oral wrongness. <laughs> yes, uh, love it. What, what, okay, the commentary uh, there... was amazing the whole night. It was great for the whole event. There was something else that Jr. said that that we thought was hilarious. That was he said <laughs> during this. No, 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 no. That's later. Say Not that yet. when that comes up. Yeah, I will when that comes up. That's already in my mind. But there was something else he said during our next match, which was the mixed tag team match: Mark Merrill and Sable versus the artist versus Goldust and Luna. Okay. Um, remember, um, um. When uh, Goldust was up on the top rope and Marrow hit his leg and he fall and hit his junk, mm-hmm. Jr. said something like, "Oh, he's not going to have an ankle problem where he just hit." It was something like that. <laughs> yeah, remember? Something. Yeah, I do. It was. I don't remember was exactly, what it was. I guess that, it's not funny it. now. I don't think he's going to have an ankle injury there. Yeah, it was something. Because <laughs> King something. said something like, "It looks like he landed on his leg." And he was like, oh, I don't think he's going to have an ankle injury there. Yeah, it was something. But <laughs> it seemed more funnier when it happened. Sorry, audience. But um, uh... this, this match was leading up that we saw the promo that I guess it was just this, this is where I call SOP, the standard operator procedure of making a feud in this time in wrestling where it was just uh, uh, Luna had a problem with Sable. Goldust had a problem with Mark Marrow. So weeks, weeks for weeks and weeks, they were interfering in each other's matches, attacking each other, so on and so forth, which leads to the WrestleMania match. Um, and this is one Goldust, not that he wasn't bizarre already, but this is when he was coming out dressed like, remember, he'd be dressed in like a green dominatrix uh, like outfit and Remember that Barris and um, like the ga- the ball gag and everything. Yeah, he'd and, have yeah. the ball gag. And yeah, his music was really weird. This I just wanted to set the time that like, this was that gold dust. You know, like really now, out there. Um, now, were they starting to like push Sable and Marrow apart from each other? Like, was he blaming her for stuff already? No, I can't yeah, remember. No, he no, was, he I, was in the in the vignette. Remember? Oh yes, he was. He, he was. was. Like, okay. he, did, he did all that, and then basically she wrote him a letter, I guess, saying they want to fight us as a mixed tag team. Come on down, and she didn't know if he was going to turn up. Yeah, 
but then he turned. Uh, okay, so yeah. Yeah, so it was the beginning of that, and then I remember at the end of the match, like, Sable did the Sable bomb, Sable won, but Marrow was acting like he won the match. Like, so it was, in yeah, the, okay. it, all this stuff was in its infancy. But yeah. I do want to say is the match wasn't, the match I enjoyed. It was a good match. Um, not much from Luna. Um, I will say, uh, I think this is the first thing I said to you. I was just like, Dustin, Gold Dust, you know, worked his ass off in this yeah. match this match was 70 percent gold dust doing what he does best and 20 percent sable in a really tight outfit even I, marrow didn't do much no I mean, marrow didn't do shit um luna i don't know why luna didn't do anything because she's a wrestler yeah she i know can wrestle she didn't do anything but i think what it was is well, sable isn't a wrestler she just learned a couple of things by doing that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if Luna got in the ring with her, it would Luna would rip her apart, quite simply. So they had Luna playing the, the runaway scared girl instead. And this is pre-Oddity's Luna, too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so. I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the match for literally watching Goldust wrestle and literally just looking at Sable. The, the, the match itself, eh, no. No, the match uh, was, was eh, like I just said, the match was, I mean, I enjoyed the match, but it was just the worker in that match was, was gold, gold dust. dust. Yeah, oh it, my God. it was definitely, yeah. he'd, hands up, watch that match if you want to see a proper work, man, because that dude was in the ring working every angle. He carried, I, and I know carried Mero, the whole match, yeah. Yeah, I know Mero has, yeah. is a tremendous athlete, but he carried that match. Yeah, easy. What well, Mero was still trying to find his feet in WWE at the time, because all he really knew at that point was how to be Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, and he was and, already marvelous Mark Marrow at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so like he was still trying to find his feet away from that character. And like you guys said, you know, Dustin knew what to do. He was I mean, I'm gonna guarantee he was just like, follow me, I'll get you there. You're and, right. I mean, that's just that's just how good he is. And yeah, he was like, Follow me, I'll get you there. Like We'll do, we'll get through it. You're right, because all Mero yeah. knew how to be was Johnny B. Bad for all of those years in WW, WCW. I'm sorry. Yep. You know, and then that's just like telling Hulk Hogan. Okay, he was, you know, imagine, you know, you have Hulk Hogan working for you for 15 years, and then he leaves WWE and goes to WCW, and they tell him, well, you have to learn how to not be Hulk Hogan now. you got to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could see, I could see that. That would, that would be kind of rough. You know, as much as he said he didn't like that Johnny B. Bad uh, gimmick, he embraced it because he knew that was his job. That was but his bread and butter. He was making money, butter, but he didn't want to be Johnny B. Bad anymore. Yeah. You know, nope. I because I do know when he, when he showed up at WrestleMania 12. Um, I remember hearing an interview with him, or no. This was a recent inter from the last couple of years, but he was talking about when he finally made it, that Vince finally agreed to sign him. He was just like, thank God, because I guess Mero has been trying to get to work at that point back in WrestleMania 12. What would that have been like 96? He was trying to work for Vince for a, a, at least five years already. He wanted to work for WWE. Yeah, but it was just one of those where he was under contract and, you know, he would. Vince was just like, you know, we, we can't, we don't have, we wouldn't have anything for you now. So when it actually happened, he was, hey, but 
And Vince wanted the Johnny B. Bad character. That's he did. what he wanted. He did. Yeah. Because yeah. it and was over. Like, the character was over. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. making money, had attention. There, you know, it was just people loved it. It was something, you know, that could be gimmicky at and the I time. Think, and that's what Vince liked. And I think Marrow owned that character, right? I don't know if he did or if he didn't, because they didn't do it at all in WWE. So I don't know if he, I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't know. So, WCW like property copyright. And well, we'll have, we'll have to look that up one day. We'll have, yeah. we'll have to do a show about, about, about that subject right there. You know, what characters, actually, what, what wrestlers actually owned their character. Characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So, uh, next is the IC match, which was the rock versus the nation. Um, I'm sorry, versus Ken Shamrock. And all I want to say is this match was just weird. Yeah. Weird. Weird is an understatement. Like, I don't even know how to describe this match. You remember this match, right? Right, Barris? Um, this one, I really don't. Um, okay. and I, and I watched this, you know, this tape when I was younger too. A while because my friend had uh, recorded it for me. All right, let me let me run run through something here real quick, and then uh, you guys can fill in the gaps. Is basically you have The Rock defending his title against Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock runs down to the ring. There's a high. It's a it's 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 a very fast paced match. The match the the match itself was not long at all. Basically, he just threw the rock around, um, made the rock submit, and then would not release the ankle lock. And this was when they were doing that whole thing with Ken Shamrock to where he would just snap. Oh, he's going to snap. He's snapping. He's going to his other world or whatever it is, you know. And eventually, they reversed, reversed the decision to where they took the title off of Shamrock that he just won and gave it back to the rock. And then you hear the greatest line to where all these referees are down there. And after he was almost breaking the rock's ankle, and then he starts beating up the referees and all the officials and Jr. goes, Ken Shamrock. Oh my God. Does he know where he is and what he has done? It was amazing. But, I mean, he didn't say it like that. It was, it was, it was no, JR fashion. Because there was, it was zoomed in on Shamrock's like face. And, you know, when he went crazy, his eyes are like really open. He's like, oh, oh. So anyway, he's doing that. It zooms in slowly on his face. And that's what you hear from JR. Does he know where he is? Does he know what he's what done? He has done. And, yeah, <laughs> but this match was there's nothing to say about this match it was just weird it's, it's strange it was quick i wasn't impressed with it the whole yeah. ken shamrock bit at the end was just they were filling time yeah <laughs> that's, that's what it was so i i do not recommend it at all it was I the this... match of the night yeah it was so next that's still have... surprising it was a five under a five minute match for the ic belt at a wrestlemania it was That's kind of surprising weird. to me. Well, it was it was a launch pad for Rock because this is yeah. when he was going to go babyface because Varouk, remember he betray, he betrayed Varouk the week earlier by hitting him with a chair on the head or something. Well, no, that was to bring heat on him, and this is before Farouk became APA. 
you know. Yeah. No, but then they did the same thing with him and Fruks, like, ah, oh, screw you, blah, blah. But the people are still cheering for The Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, right. and The Rock did, you know, The People's Elbow. It wasn't called The People's Elbow back then. No, it wasn't. He, it wasn't. He did it, and when he did it, the crowd went nuts. You know? How nuts? Nuts. Oh, okay, good. That's how nuts. All right. Times that by two. All right. Two nuts. Wow. That's where it was. Yeah. <laughs> so keep your squirrels away. All right. Anyway, it it was obvious that from the crowd reaction, they they liked the rock better. Yeah. Than yeah. Shamrock. Easy. So There's not really much else to say about the match. It was no, the that. match. The match sucked. I'm just going to yeah. come out and say it. So you have the next matches you have, uh, and, and we're getting ready to actually wrap up here, Mania. These are the last uh, uh, three matches already. Can you believe that? Um, Cactus, it's a dumpster match for the World Ch Tag Team Championship. It was Cactus Jack and uh, Chainsaw Charlie, but uh, he he came out as Terry Funk with the chainsaw uh, against the New Age Outlaws. And this was before the New Age Outlaws joined DX. Just wanted to make that note. Um, yep. This was another one that I enjoyed. But it seemed to move slow. You know, yeah, this is it, the second one that just seemed to move very slow. I think that's because Terry Funk moves very slow. Well, he was, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was a comedy match. It was a gimmick match. It actually was, it was fun. fun. It was fun to watch. And there's a forklift involved in it. And I'm like, yes, forklifts. So, yeah. Watch it for the comedy factor. Do not expect good okay. wrestling. I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's there was the only way to win was to throw your rest your opponents, both of them, in a dumpster, and you had to close the lids. Um, other than that, it was sort of no DQ. You could do anything, and then they fought in the ring for a while. They fought out on the aisle for a while, and then they ended up back in the loading dock, and that's where the forklift came in, and they threw them into another. Um. Of dumpster. dumpster but it was it was a fun match it was slow in my opinion someone else out there listening might go oh jd you're full of full of shit you know but i didn't say i didn't like it i just said it was slow um now this but, is yeah. uh when on raw they had put them in the dumpster and pushed them off the uh top of the um yes yeah. a couple weeks right. beforehand it, yeah yeah and everybody was like crying and sunny was down there and she was screaming like what have you done and they had shown DX go up to them and say, that's how you get ratings. That's how you get noticed. Yeah. And that that's... was kind of the start of them being associated. And I mean, they were like, you know, sh you know hitting them in the chest, like, you know, that's what you do. That's how you get noticed, kid. Yeah. And that was, that was the beginning of it. And little did we know the next day what was going to happen on Raw with everything. That was pretty sweet. And I remember that night they threw him in the dumpster off the stage, you know, Terry Funk was like convulsing and everything. And that was at the beginning yep. of the night. And then I remember New Age Outlaws or something was in the ring again uh, later that evening. And then all of a sudden, you know, the camera's on the ring. All of a sudden, the crowd pops like you wouldn't believe. And there's Mick Foley running down the ramp in a hospital gown. And also holding the eye, you know, the little stands that the IVs are on, on wheels. Yep. yep. Push, he, he's holding that while running down to the ring to go beat people up. <laughs> I, I, I burned <laughs> into my mind because I'd never heard, other than when Austin, you know, like came out, I've never heard any kind of crowd pop like that at that time. 
So, Logan, you're going to be able to contain yourself for this next one. Oh, I'm just going to let you go my. on this one. Just go, go on. ahead. You go All ahead. right. Go ahead. Undertaker versus Kane. Let's get this shit on. All right. So, awesome match. Awesome match. And I'm not just saying this because Taker's in it, but mainly more because of Kane. Like, Glenn Jacobs back then was a bill. I mean, that man had muscle mass. But just like uh, Mark Calloway's Undertaker, he was incredibly agile in his earlier career. I mean, there was a jump off the ropes he did that was, like, phenomenal that turned into the, what, flying clothesline, I think it was. Um, But it was a phenomenal, like, bit of athleticism from him. It was a great match. it's an Undertaker match. Watch it. It's amazing. I like There's his outfit. Really much... His yeah, entrance I... attire. His ring yes. robe, so to yes. speak, was beautiful. All deck out. This is when he was kind of going into the Vlad the Impaler Undertaker stage. You know, so watch it. It was really cool. And, and of course, our, our, our boy up there, Percy. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to say about the match. Mm. I mean, you had some good high flying. You had some good wrestling. Uh, I, I lost count of how many tombstones happened in the match. Um, in a way, even though Taker won, this is my personal opinion, even though Taker won, he really put over Kane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really Take, like, put over Kane. Taker took a beating. And I think JR says it perfectly. He's never seen a wrestler so physically damage the Undertaker like Kane did. Uh, and you believe it, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. There was this, and we were around it, I think, because we were around it a little bit. And and Taker, like, he took off like a torpedo into the buckles, you know, and it made Kane look superhuman strength. It, it was great. And, and the thing that I loved about this match as well is even though Kane is practically a carbon copy of the Undertaker model, all right? Yeah. Think about it like this, though. They have two very distinct styles to them. Okay. Undertaker is very, let me say, coordinated in the ring. Okay. With his stuff. He likes to plan out what he does. When he gets hit down, he does the dead man sit up. Okay. And you, you expect these things. So on and so forth. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a slow and methodical match that the Undertaker makes seems faster than it actually is okay so with kane you've got exactly the same thing but done in a different motif in if you watch the whole match every time kane goes down instead of doing the carbon copy undertaker sit up instead he rolls himself up without touching the mat with his hands and he basically just stands and it's like a carbon copy of Jason Voorhees. Yes. Okay. You did say that. From the movies, every time, bang, flat, straight back up again, straight going to The Undertaker, never ending march. Well, that's what Cornette said about the, about um, Kane when they were coming up with the concept. That's what they were going for was a, like, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Psycho, like, that's what they were going for with that character. And Glenn pulled it off. I mean, 
He did. If if I had to if I had to talk about this match, I'd say this is one of the slower matches of the night. Um, really didn't intrigue me at all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was a good. Match. <laughs> that Logan was ready to like burn holes. Oh. Like, he was giving you that stare, man. Oh. oh, I saw smoke coming out of the box over there. <laughs> the yeah, that, that was the flamethrower I was lighting. Um, Baseball is the flamethrower. He's like, all right, I got this. Don't worry. Oh, you're right there. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, that's cool, though. But, but yeah, no, I mean, all joking aside, yeah, no, they that's where they were going with him. And, dear God, I mean, the matches they had when he first came in. Oh, fantastic. Like you said, I mean, you know, Taker, you know, was doing what he does best. and. I mean, they just they just clicked and ran with yeah. that that concept. I mean, and look how long it lasted. I mean, dear God, I mean, they just kept up, you know, through intervention and through you know like metamorphosizing, you know, into like a newer version of the characters to keep it yeah. fresh. They they kept it going. I mean, it was yeah. never boring with them. Like you knew you had a match on your hands to watch when they were together, yeah, or going yeah. against each other. Yeah, it, great. It's just a great match to watch the two. You can really feel that these are, you are literally watching two brothers, one who burnt down the other one's house, you know, now fighting in a goddamn wrestling ring because that makes sense. Yeah, but right. <laughs> you're there. You're sucked into it. The vignette at the beforehand was great. Explain the whole story. Okay. You, you, you get the whole parts of Paul Bearer. God bless him. All right, it was just a fantastic intro and big event. Like this felt more like a main event than the main event did. And the great okay. thing that happened is was this when we saw our boy at the Spanish announce table fall out of that chair? Oh my god. Yes, this is okay. the match for the Spanish announce table. Ridiculousness. <laughs> There's yeah, no way to describe it. You just have to watch it. You just have to watch it. It's, it's about halfway through the match. Kane's outside the ring. Taker jumps over the top rope. An amazing achievement for a guy who's nearly seven foot tall and like 300 pounds. You know, Kane literally just like catches him in midair and just like keeps him going and throws him straight down on the announcer table. The announcer... Falls off his chair, but it is literally in slow motion. It's hilarious. It's great. It's just, you could add like old cartoon sound effects, like, like legs in the air moving around, (laughs) and it would fit perfect. It was so comical, it needed rewound. That's how good it was. A couple of times. times. And it was again later on in the night. They showed it as a replay. You have to just, just dude, if go to this match in WrestleMania 14, just watch it for the match. And also the added bonus is see the Spanish announce table get destroyed and how they fall out of their chairs is his classic. Yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great match to watch. It's just good. It felt like a main event to me. So speaking of main events, here is the main event of WrestleMania 14. You have champion. Shawn Michaels uh, versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with Mike Tyson as the special ring enforcer, which Mike Tyson is wearing DX colors during this match. Yes, I guess the build up to this was like Tyson was in with DX. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and that that was pretty yeah. much it. And they were like the night before or something like that. They they tied him up in a ring and they like both kissed his head or something. I don't. Know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that was the uh, workout, the WrestleMania workout they had outside, mm-hmm. and um, Shawn Michaels had a battery thrown in his right. head, and um, um, he walked off. And Vince was pissed. He goes, I don't care what happens. You don't walk out on an audience. And then he went back out and they had him tied in the ropes and they both kissed his head for a photo op. Ah, okay. And, but I mean, but I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, back even in the music days, like something comes flying at you and you don't know what's coming, man. That, I don't care what it is. That sucks. That's just a horrible feeling. And, you know, whoever did it, screw you. Yeah, right. You're a dick. Yeah. You're a dick. Because I mean, a battery. Like, what? What the hell were you thinking? Well, what, if that, like, what if that got him right in the eye? Yeah. You like, what did you do? Take out of your pocket? You know, by you know, massager like that you had in your pocket. Like, you sicko. Like, you don't launch a battery at somebody who you know is not expecting it coming. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, like, there's a guy. All right, living somewhere where WrestleMania 14 was. And he turns on his computer and he's going through the internet. I'll oh, ring the bell radio. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, oh it's an English guy on there. He's really cool. Don't know about the other two, but I don't know. I'll keep on listening anyway. Wait, wow. Wait, what's this about a battery? Oh my God. I happened to be there at that exact time. And I was changing the batteries in my Walkman and the spring was really tight and it fired one off and I couldn't find it on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Why, right. why are they blaming me? Why? And yeah, that guy is now gonna be forever alone because of you, Rabbi. He should be. Good alone. for him. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> love it. There's really not much. Spring to was wound too tight. There's really oh, not great. much to say about this match. No, I mean, it I mean was, there's not. It was it was everyone knows. I mean, at this point, if you want to watch the match, go watch it. I don't right. have anything really to say about it other I, than it's I, a, it's I a, do. OK, I go do. ahead. OK, right. This is the, the last match Michael's had before his retirement due to in, injury. Right. Yeah. OK, so. Yeah. They didn't act like it. Oh, my God. Like Michaels tried to do a roll up on the um, roll up on the turnbuckle from a throw, and missed it completely. His back hit that thing at like thirty miles an hour straight on. Like it was impact after impact after impact on his back. Like it was crazy nuts how many impacts he took. But I'm sitting there going like, what? You could tell later on in the match that he was affecting him. JD kind of worked it out. Um, you could just saw was. how he was bending over. I'm like, yeah, that's not a oh, work. Yeah. He's really hurting right there. Yeah, no, like, yeah, you could definitely they tell. Must, they must have shot him up with so much cortisone, like just just to walk in that ring and do that. It was uh, for a guy. You know, people are going to say, sit there and say, you know, why would you injure yourself like that? And they got to understand people like Michaels do it for the fans. You know, that there was this was his last hurrah before he didn't know if he could ever come back. So no, he, and he was and he was bitter about it too. Yeah. He was really bitter about it. You know, it was just so angry. But you know, Michaels gave a performance. 
He didn't hold back, you know, and, and going back to the Hunthurst Helmsley match, the Triple H match earlier on, you saw what gentle wrestling was, you know, because that's what they did. Michaels had none of that at all. Like, I mean, he hit turnbuckles. He's been thrown out the ring. He's been everything. He took a yeah. beating on his spine. And I don't he, know. He got hit with a symbol. Yes. <laughs> like a drum yeah. symbol. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Craziness, man. It was just beyond yep. nuts. But you, you, could, now, you, could I... take, you could take two ways, though, and say he's a man who loves his craft. Or you could take it, he's a man who just wanted to prove that he could still do it. Yeah. I think that, now, funny I... side story for that. Mm -hmm. um, your favorite, The Undertaker. Um, I don't know if you know about the story or not. There were rumbles in the back that Sean wasn't going to do business. He wasn't going to lay down for Steve. Mm -hmm. And so Undertaker went to Gorilla, dre dressed, black jeans, black shirt, like, you know, after, after you know, match apparel, mm -hmm. and sat there and taped up his fist. And this was, I think it was Jim Cornette who was saying he was sitting there watching him. He goes, he sat there and watched that entire match. And when they did the ending and Michaels lay down and count, they counted one, you know, Tyson counted one, two, three. Undertaker stood up, unwrapped his fist, and walked off. Because you have, you have to walk, unless, it, I think it was Cornette who said it in an interview, unless you want to walk out in the main street of New York, Boston, in your underwear, you have to walk through that curtain. And the first person he was going to see was Taker. And that's because and Taker is a badass. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I give you that. Um, and yeah, once he saw he did it, he untaped his fist and he just he said, okay. He's like, I'm good. Wow. So I was, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you knew about that, but I'll have to I, try I, to I, find I, that Jim Cornette interview. I've had a couple of stories where Taker has literally been like, you know, waited behind for someone, even if it was just to congratulate them on the match, yeah. especially like the new guys coming in or, um, you know, basically to lay the smack down on them. I remember Glenn Jacobs yeah. saying in an interview that, you know, after I think it was like his first match or something like that, Taker was watching tapes of him wrestling. He's like, what are you doing here? What is this about? This is crazy. No, you don't do it like that. Do it like this. And Undertaker just started like going off on him. And Glenn Jacobs was yep. like, everyone's, I'm just like wide mouth, wide open. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, screamed that. Everyone's just going around like normal. And he's like, the Taker didn't do it to be a dick. He did it because he saw potential yeah. in me. Yeah, right. And he knew that yeah. just some slight refinements, I, I could I could be what he wanted me to be. And he was like, and if it wasn't for Taker in my corner, doing things like that. And he was like, yeah. when I when we went up as a tag team, he was like, it was probably, I learned more in those tag team matches with the Taker than I'd learned my whole wrestling career before that. And I'm like, that yeah. just shows you there how well the man did his craft. Yeah. So there you have it. That's WrestleMania 14. It's in the books again. I don't think it was anything really to go screaming it was a, and 
it was, was fun. fun. It was fun. It was fun, and it was right at that corner of the change of the business. Yeah, like, yeah. The next, the next day, it took that turn. Yeah. So it, it has its place in history, where, like you said, it wasn't. It didn't seem monumental, but but it was. But it was. Like it, meet, yeah. it had to happen. You can check us out at ringthebellradio.com. Go there, click the big red button that says listen to the podcast. You'll see our whole past library of shows. You can also listen to us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, King my Logan favorite. is, uh, uh, or not King Logan, Rabbis is going to be on MySpace yet again. And he's going to be getting his AO. He's, he's trying to resurrect AOL Instant Messenger. In other words, in, in, in other news, please send all hate mail to Rabbi Barris. Please send all fan mail, if you're a fan of King Logan, to King Logan. Yes, Barris loves the hate mail. Logan loves the love mail. So, yeah. there's nothing else. Rabbis has important rabbi things to go do. Logan has important yep. king things to go do. I am just important all the time. So, until next time, like I told Vicky, wear your seatbelt, drink milk, don't run with scissors. This has been Ring the Bell Radio, a wrestling podcast. We'll see you next time. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives.